Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. So this week's episode, if you haven't figured out from looking at the title, uh, we're going to be looking at Jackson's uh, celebrated Irish tunes again. thought I was going to play all of them, but I got off on a tangent uh, surrounding one of the tunes in Jackson's manuscript, uh, which is better known today as Drops of Brandy. But in the 18th century, uh, and maybe still today, but uh, definitely in the 18th century, people that were playing Irish pipes uh, referred to it as cumulum. Cumulum, cumulum, not 100% sure how to pronounce that, but it shows up in Jackson's collection as cumulum as well, uh, as in, uh, does that as well in O'Farrell and Sutherland's manuscript as well, but uh, very similar to the 9-8 drops of brandy. So I wind up going off on a tangent on this very popular 9-8 tune. Uh, so that's sort of what we're going to do. So just to do our conventional thing here of listing the tunes, uh, we're going to start with uh, William Dixon's Apprentice Lads of Alnwick from 1733. Uh, then I'm going to play a bit of a set from the 1770 um, Jackson Celebrated Tunes, or Celebrated Irish Tunes. That's going to be Jackson's Humors of Puccine, Jackson's Nightcap, and Jackson's Morning Brush. Uh, then we'll do just a standalone Jackson's Dream. Then I'm going to play O'Farrell's setting from 1800 uh, of Jackson's Dream. Then we will begin the descent into the Drops of Brandy. So we'll start with Walker Jackson and 1770s, his setting for Cumulum. And then we'll go to 1785. We're going to play John Sutherland's settings. Remember John Sutherland is that Aberdeen piper uh, who played pastoral pipes and probably Highland pipes and... Uh, also apparently did a, you know, uh, high hand fingering or, you know, a second octave fingering for Highland Pipes. Anyway, uh, John Sutherland has Cumulum as an Irish tune, and it is a wild version that sort of um, defeated my new chanter today. Uh, so I'm pretty angry at this tune, but we're going to hear it on whistle. Uh, and then I'll play O'Farrell setting again from 1800 of Cumulum with Variations. Uh, and then we'll switch over to the Drops of Brandy kind of pedigree of this tune. And I'll start with David Young's setting uh, from 1734 from the Drummond Castle manuscript. Uh, it's just called Drops of Brandy. And then we'll jump very far into the future and play Angus Mackay's setting um, of Drops of Brandy. And on that same page, there's a lovely 2-4 march that I was going to play a while back. So I just included it on that playing too. So it's Angus Mackay's setting for Drops of Brandy and then the Isle of Skye local militias march. Uh, and then because the discussion of the history of Drops of Brandy and Cumulum uh, sort of descends into chaos of predicting any 9-8 is descendant from it, we're going to play Donald McDonald's setting for The Faraway Wedding. Uh, also because I played that on Small Pipes and had a bunch of other tunes recorded on Small Pipes for this week that I'm not going to get to, so I feel like at least including one small pipe tune. Uh, and then we're going to finish with Matt Seattle's just lovely treatment of Drops of Brandy, which he has called Old Drops of Brandy, as opposed to all the uh, settings that you see in Northumberland and things. Of, I think Vickers calls it New Drops of Brandy, um, Peacock maybe, I don't know, but you see this tune quite a lot. Anyway, so those are the tunes that we are playing this week. 
Uh, it has been a incredibly good week for me. A little confusing and dizzying too. I got my second uh, COVID vaccine on Monday, and honestly, I'm still like I didn't have any really bad reactions, but I've had a lot of just like underlying. Oh, my joints are sore. Oh, I feel a little lightheaded when I stand up or uh, come inside or something. Um, I felt occasional nausea, but mostly I realized like I just haven't really been having good like habits this week. Um, but it feels good, man. I feel like I'm one week in and, and one more week I can start asking if other musicians are vaccinated to come and hang out. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Oh, yeah, the other, sorry, I'm rambling. The other thing that's super cool is the Patreon account uh, has launched and it's I really wasn't expecting the amount of support that I've gotten so far. Um, I, a lot of Patreon accounts, I'm sure you have experienced this, um, that like when you have a Patreon, like one of the perks is that the, the host or the person you're sponsoring will say your name on the podcast or on the YouTube video or something. I think my favorite version of this is, um, Camping with Steve, if anybody watch him, watches him on YouTube. Uh, Steve's just a Canadian dude that likes camping. Uh, but he has the beer fund, and he kind of reads everybody's name every episode. Um, anyway, I didn't put that on my on my list of, like, perks, is I'm going to read your name. But I kind of wish I had, because holy buckets, man. Like, uh, I want to thank people so much. Um, like, I have a goal of uh, 20... I think $23 a month is sort of what I was hoping that would cover all the hosting fees. And we're nearly there after a week. And really we were nearly there within three days. So I haven't, uh, we've got three patrons already. Um, and I'm just, I'm just blown away. So thank you guys. And, uh, hopefully I'm, we'll find some other cool things to do for it. But what's going on on the Patreon right now is just that I will kind of do a tune every week of, kind of explain my playthrough or how I approached one of these tunes. Um, and yeah, other than that, it's just my appreciation because I'm sort of just blown away by how much support. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get started with some tunes. So I'm not going to do the male coach, um, soundbite, but, uh, I did get some messages this week, obviously. And, uh, one of them was from kind of a buddy that I used to hear from a lot in the early days of the, the podcast, I think. He was one of the first people that I didn't know that messaged me, I guess, uh, in the early days of starting the podcast again, Sam on Instagram. Uh, so it was cool to hear from him again. But he said that uh, I had made him want to play Border Tunes, and could I recommend anything? And, you know, I wanted to recommend some Dixon tunes, but I couldn't find any Dixon tunes online easily. So uh, I recommended Lads of Alnwick, which was on Traditional Tune Archive. And I thought they had William Dixon setting. I don't think they do, actually. But uh, but anyway, recommended it to him. He said that he wanted to play it. He had hoped that I was going to say that because it was one of his favorite tunes. Um, but I realized I'd never recorded it. So here is me playing the Apprentice Lads of Alnwick from William Dixon's uh, 1733 tunes, that collection of music from the borders. So um, anyway, here is Apprentice Lads of Alnwick on those Nate Banton border pipes.
such a fun tune. Uh, it's, you know, obviously, you know, you could have a whole several, you could have a whole podcast on that tune, I think, rather than even a whole episode. There are so many settings for Lads of Olnoik, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right either, so sorry. But uh, definitely a very popular Northumbrian small pipe tune, and sort of feels weird hearing it coming out of uh, that Banton border pipe rather than a bubbly um, Northumbrian small pipe channer uh, with that. Yeah, just such a fast, bubbly little tune uh, on those smaller pipes. Uh, I feel I should mention this too, uh, especially since I'm clearly starting to inspire folks to take up this music because it's really good. Uh, I think I mentioned it before, but just in case I didn't, the name of this instrument is sort of up for debate. Uh, there's several very interesting threads that show up on the Lowland Border Pipe, uh, Lowland and Border Pipe Society, um, their forum on Facebook where people argue about the name or kind of talk about what the name should be, if it's Lowland Pipes, if it's Border Pipes, if it's Coldwind Pipes, if it's Real Pipes, uh, if it's Northumbrian Halflongs. Um, there's lots of, uh, interesting historical reasons and kind of fun pedantic arguments about what they should and shouldn't be called. Uh, in my head, they were always border pipes and the fact that I'm playing a Nate Banton instrument and Nate calls them border pipes, uh, makes it feel like I'm okay with doing that. Um, anyway, it's the instrument's name is up for grabs is up for debate. So don't take my word for it. I'm just doing it because it was a bad habit I got into before I knew any better. Which is not to say that Border Pipes isn't a valid name. It's just equally as imperfect as like cold wind pipes. There's lots of different cold wind pipes. There's lots of different bagpipes played on the border. Um, anyway, so let's get started with these Jackson tunes. You know, I don't know if y'all have been following the news. Um, things aren't going great in Belfast or Northern Ireland right now. Um, maybe I'll link a tweet that I saw, like a pinned tweet from a historian that sort of explains some of the context of the rioting that's been going on in Belfast the last week or so. Um, I don't know. I've got at least one listener, um, several that check in occasionally, but one listener in Northern Ireland, uh, every, every week. So I hope you're doing well, everybody. Um, and not being, uh, affected too badly by this, um, yeah, <laughs> sounds sounds horrible. Um, so take care of yourself. Anyway, that's all to say the situation in Belfast is clearly a lot more complicated uh, than just uh, some kind of restarting of the troubles or some old, um, very simplistic understanding of like a Protestant Catholic thing. But uh, still, it feels good to play Walker Jackson. You know, Jackson was a gentleman piper, so he's a landowning, um, Protestant landowner, wealthy guy. He's got a castle. Well, he's got a house anyway that he calls his turret. Uh, we'll play that tune next time around. Uh, but I think I've said this before, you know, I, I like Jackson. He's this Protestant upper class guy that winds up doing a lot of kind of lower class um, things to a certain extent, you know, studying Irish language, being parts of various fraternal organizations with um, Catholic folks and Irish musicians and kind of feels like Jackson was around in this period in the 18th century where it was possible that there was going to be like a, an Ireland that wasn't going to be designed around uh, kind of keeping Catholics down, um, which is what wound up happening, which is what leads to the, the famine, of course. We've talked about that. 
Uh, anyway, so it feels good to play some Jackson tunes and think of how better things could have been and could be. Um, so we'll start with a set of Jackson tunes. This is Jackson's Humors of Puccine, then Jackson's Nightcap, and then Jackson's Morning Brush. I feel like that all works as a a story. Huh? You gotta brush your you definitely have to brush in the morning after having a nightcap of Puccine. Uh, anyway, so here is all three of those tunes. Like I said, this is from Jackson's own celebrated Irish tunes.
So unfortunately, this um, Jackson Celebrated Irish Tunes book is not really, there's no archival versions available, but uh, I've got links to the Cape Irish or Bill Black's website that has all these tunes as ABC notation. Uh, one thing I will point out, though, uh, I'm planning to do a whole episode uh, on Aird's Jackson settings, but... Um, all the settings that are in Jackson Celebrated Irish Tunes, those tunes that also appear in James Aird's book, they're like note for note the same. Uh, I'm pretty sure they just cop like that Aird just had a copy of this book and copied it in. Um, so it's so yeah. So anyway, I'm not gonna play it because it's you just heard it. Um, but yeah, good tunes. That Jackson's Morning Brush, of course, appears all over the dang place. Um, but several other Jackson tunes show up in like the Sutherland manuscripts and in uh, James Aird's stuff and in just English country dance books as well. So definitely some popular tunes. Uh, let's move on to the next one. This is going to be Jackson's Dream. This is, again, we're going to begin with the setting from Jackson himself in 1774. <laughs> tune. Alright, let's look at O'Farrell's setting for that same tune, Jackson's Dream. Uh, there's lots of Jackson tunes in O'Farrell, but unlike uh, James Aird, O'Farrell makes some pretty significant changes to the settings that Jackson published. That's fancy. I wish I could say I intended to get some sort of reverb out of my room when I was recording whistle. Um, I think I finally figured out how to record the whistle correctly, at least. The border pipes are still a bit of a challenge. At this point, the microphone is facing away from me, and I am recording about ten, well, about six or eight feet away from it. Probably closer to six. Uh, I like it better than it was sounding before, but it's still not perfect. Uh, anyway, let's go on. 
let's start the uh, cumulum. The cumulum train begins. Uh, See, so yeah, I'm sure I'm pronouncing this wrong. So it is spelled, uh, in case you are just listening and can't be bothered to look at the notes, it's C-U-M-M-I-L-U-M. Uh, cumulum, cumulum don't know. Uh, anyway, we're going to say that word many times uh, for the next couple of minutes here, but this is Walker Jackson setting for Kumulum. And actually, I'm doing it on border pipes because uh, it fits in border pipes just fine, and I'm still getting familiar with my chanters, so all the, the tunes that stay on that much like lower hand uh kind of first octave are really challenging for me to pull off without getting a bunch of squawks and squeaks and octave jumps until i get the pressure quite right so uh anyway that's all to say that here is the tune as walker jackson wrote it uh just played on border pipes So I'm going to jump over uh, to Scotland uh, to uh, John Sutherland's manuscript. So I already said this, but you know John Sutherland played pastoral pipes and what he called Irish pipes in his manuscript um, already in between kind of 1716, 1785. I put 1785 on the show notes is when these tunes are from, but uh, yeah, Ross Anderson thinks it's 65 to 85, someplace in there. Uh, anyway, uh, I generally really like Sutherland's settings. I think he does a good job. His writing is easy to understand. Uh, his variations are good. I, I like his music. This tune is not that. I do not like his setting for this tune. Um, so Sutherland has it in his book as Cumulum, uh, an Irish tune. And it has got the wildest part. Uh, I was looking at traditional tune archive. That's where I, I saw that it was in Sutherland. And whoever transcribed it on traditional tune archive completely omitted this third part um, that Sutherland has. And they were right to. It's terrible, this third part. Uh, it jumps up to, you know, the highest range of a channer. And I, I don't know, it, it kind of shows off quite what a piper Sutherland was if he actually played it this way um, and just how good his instrument was like I know 
It seems like pastoral pipes used to pride themselves on the upper range they could reach. Um, like you see a lot of pastoral tunes uh, or tunes from people that were playing pastoral pipes, which if somehow you listen to this podcast and don't know what that is, just think it's an Ellen pipe that has um, sometimes a detachable foot that lets you extend the reach down to get like the low note, the leading note into that scale. Um but then, yeah, I, re- I remember reading through ads and stuff about pastoral pipes where they were promoting that you could get up super high. So maybe that's why this is here. Um, but anyway, I tried to play it on my Kohler Quinn Channer, which generally can get up that high easily. But I don't know. It, it decided that after, like, it probably could have done it just fine if I hadn't decided to do it after leaving my window open for several days. And then after playing a bunch of other tunes for an hour, uh, it just, my channel shut down trying to get to these high notes. Um, so I have it for you here on that same B flat whistle, which can get a high, a high D pretty successfully, like the second octave or third octave D, I guess you'd call that. I mean, it's not a D it's a B flat. (laughs) Anyway, here it is. Uh, this is John Sutherland setting from around the middle of the 18th century and kind of up to 1780, of Cumulum, an Irish tune. Apologies for not getting far enough away from the microphone on those highest notes. I turned them down as much as I could without it being um, super obvious. But yeah, it's just not a particularly good setting. Uh, a lot of times Sutherland is pretty detailed about where to put embellishments and kind of cutting and dotting. And he has written this tune just completely round. Um, so I, I have made some editorial choices to make it palatable to my ears a bit. But uh Anyway, check it out for yourself. I'm sure you can do something better with it uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, interesting stuff, anyway. All right, so next, let's do another setting of Cumulum. Uh, this one from O'Farrell. Um, O'Farrell, O'Farrell setting is sort of funny. Uh, he acknowledges that it's with variation, so this is from his National Tudor book from around 1800. So in O'Farrell's book, it's called Cumulum with Variations. And the variations are essentially, he just plays Trip to Killarney in the middle of Cumulum. Uh, so I don't know, you can check out. I think I've played Trip to Killarney several times on the podcast. Uh, it's a stellar tune. Uh, it's just sort of funny that it, it shows up as variations uh, just about 
and this tune. So anyway, here is O'Farrell's uh, Kumalimuth Variations. I've included uh, in the show notes there. You can take a look at the trip to Killarney if you want uh, from O'Farrell. Uh, just look at the sheet music for it. Anyway, let's do next. So, so yeah, Kumalam is how it shows up uh, in several settings, several places. Um, but it's very, like I say, I think it's probably more recognizable these days as Drops of Brandy. Uh, and so I'm going to play next the oldest setting of Drops of Brandy I could find uh, that really satisfied me as being Drops of Brandy. And this is from David Young, um, the Drummond Castle Manuscript from 1734. So yeah, we've definitely talked about Drummond Castle Manuscript before, but David Young's a fiddler. Uh, and this is his setting for the tune. Doing a, a sizable like jump in time here, um, yeah. David Young's setting. I really like David Young's setting. We're gonna kind of revisit it. Uh, the last tune I'm gonna play is Matt Seattle's uh, "Old Drops of Brandy," which uh, the first part anyway is 
uh, Matt says that he takes from David Young's setting, uh, but I like it. Um, a little bit more recognizable as Kumalam is some of the later settings of Drops of Brandy. So we're going to jump all the way forward to 1854. This is Angus Mackay's setting uh, for Drops of Brandy, and then we'll go into the Isle of Skye local militia march uh, right after that as kind of a neat 2-4. Uh, it's kind of fun. I don't know, playing, you know, playing Drops of Brandy, I monkey about with it a bunch. Uh, I was going to record myself kind of doing all the weird things that I do when I'm playing this tune. Because uh, a lot of times when I don't know what to play, this tune just comes out of my hands, and so it has turned into my uh, kind of waste time making up variations tune. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't record it because I thought, oh, you know, I bet Gordon Duncan has a good setting, so I should play that one. And then I looked in the tune book that has all of Gordon Duncan's Irish music settings, and like, no, it's not in there. Bummer. Um, anyway, so this is a pretty reserved Jeremy um, trying to actually get the Tockums and the little light D throws and things that Angus Mackay has um, correct. So anyway, here's Drops of Brandy, and then... Uh, kind of for no natural reason going into Isle of Skye local militias march. Uh, they're on the same page, and I felt like I haven't played an Angus Mackay tune in maybe this year, so I felt like I owed it to him to play another one. I guess I have maybe once earlier this year. Anyway, so the settings from 1854.
All right. Well, if I may return to <laughs> drops of brandy from lovely little detour. Um, yeah. So looking at traditional tune archive, there's just loads of tunes that are very similar to drops of brandy and Kumulan. Like obviously it, the tune is arpeggios. Uh, is that what you call that? Um, so it seems like the sort of thing that can be repeated pretty regularly. I wanted to play some of the tunes from Playford, um, so they're from the 1600s, that are suggested as kind of ancestors of this. Uh, a couple that stood out were Virgin Queen and Scotland, um, and then uh, there's another one too uh, that stood out as being it. But I, I honestly, I couldn't hear it uh, particularly well. Um, one of the other things that people were saying on traditional truth archive is that it's got kind of antecedents to the faraway wedding, which again is another nine, eight and, you know, uses some arpeggio. So it sort of sounds familiar, but I will say kind of looking at the Virgin queen, looking at Scotland, um, some of those, like if, if that really is, uh, seen as some ancestor to the drops of brandy, like I can see how that could be the starting point and from those paths diverging we get nine eights like faraway wedding and bros and butter um and then you know drops of brandy on the other side of it that are similar enough but yeah just the habit to play arpeggios like that seems hard to argue with anyway here is donald mcdonald's setting for the faraway wedding uh it's a nine eight and like i said uh supposedly is related to drops of brandy uh, but i'm just including it because i haven't played small pipes on the podcast in a long time so here you go seemed like I was doing too many versions and now I feel like I shortchanged uh drops of brandy uh but you know there really are <laughs> Kumulan and drops of brandy are the same tune in my head so I won't feel bad about not playing um peacock or um yeah some of the other some of the other ones but we are going to go out with Matt Seattle's lovely setting for it uh Matt clearly starts with Dave Young and then uh makes a lot of really fun uh, or adjustments to it. I kind of had this epiphany and this is, I'm a bad, I'm a bad bagpiper, uh, like historian and scholar of this stuff, but it's, it's for some reason looking at Matt setting for this tune in, um, it's from the over the hills and far away book is where it dawned on me like, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do with these tunes like this. 
um, you know, we, we get this lovely example in William Dixon where we've got tunes that we know of today as like two parts, uh, two or three part tunes that Dixon has like this whole huge variation list. And like, I know I have read where it says that <laughs> like someplace in the book that this is a, a style of playing, but, um, just realizing that that was clearly trendy. And you look at, you know, McGibbon and Oswald, they're doing the same thing of here's a tune that we think of as two, um, you know, two part, and they've got an eight piece variation. Um, just like when Oswald's doing it, it feels Italian rather than like a folk custom to me. Uh, not that Italy doesn't have folk customs, but uh, anyway. So I just realized, like, oh yeah, it it is the right thing when recreating eighteenth century tunes to do this. Like, here's a folk song that we have two version or two parts to uh, churn it into a dozen. <laughs> um, Anyway, that is to say that Matt Seidel has done that with Drops of Brandy. I absolutely love his uh, his setting for it. So thanks, Matt. Uh, and that is a good enough thing to go out on. Uh, if you haven't uh, looked at the Patreon, please do consider supporting the podcast. Um, we're getting close to being you know, self-sustaining on the paying for the, the server fees anyway, uh, for the hosting fees anyway. Uh, but thanks everybody for listening. Um, another great way to support the podcast is leave us a review or just rate us on iTunes, uh, and also tell your bagpiping pals about us. Uh, stay safe out there. Cheers. Cheers.